But that guy's been around for over 25 years, three Hall of Fame coaches, between Snyder, myself, and Dabo Sweeney. So he knows what kind of program he wants and the culture he wants, and you got to trust him with that. And then, you know, on the, the player's behalf, he sure as hell isn't the first player, and I guarantee you, and you know this, Teddy, you've been in meetings, he won't be the last player not paying attention in a meeting room, okay, or writing and saying rotten words. You know, that's going to happen in the locker room. It's going to happen in a meeting room. It's our job as coaches, as professionals, to in a positive way, you know, help those players improve in that room. So, you know, the very best way for everybody, all these parties, every, everybody involved to move forward, you know, what for even the fan base to move forward, is to have a degree of understanding for everything, for all parties, and to let it go and then move forward because it isn't going to change. It is what it is, and, and uh, it's unfortunate. It's sad. It kills me. But, you know, but, but again, you know, again, there is no good position on this. It, you just have to move forward. And again, Rush is back, hour number two. There's Coach Bob Stoops, who joined us in the first hour, talking about ongoing situation here uh, as OU reports to camp and gets rolling. A lot of truth to what he said there. Yeah, there is all the truth, actually. It's all the truth, yeah. As we said, it was, uh, or at least I said, it was everything that I expected it to be. He hopped on here and spoke with us for about ten minutes, and... I think he calmed everyone down once again. Yeah. He, he, he did it again. The program guy did it again. Well, uh, you know, it's just um, – it's crazy that we've talked about this. Since the whole Lincoln-Riley ordeal uh, after the Oklahoma State game, and the fallout from that, we've had about as unified of a fan base as we've had in a long time. Now, there were a group, a minority, who said that we're never going to be able to recruit good. That Bud Elliott doesn't count in this group. <laughs> right. Uh, I, but for the most part, we know that everyone has been together. Outliers here and there, but it's been it's been really fun to watch the fan base. This is the first wedge, right? The first wedge. Tenured coach, been here forever. Uh, resigning after a after a situation up there. First year head coach. Um, obviously involved in in what went on, and I know it's a resignation but you got to imagine that there was there was a deep conversation about that but this is the first wedge and just like coach stoop said there is no good side here so it is what it is it happened the the decision's been made we know where everything sits it's time to move on i think uh you just kind of kind of get through this period of 25 days and yeah there is a wedge in the fan base for the first time in a long time but 230 when they play UTEP I think that that is all but going to disappear and as long as you win moving forward I think everyone is going to be all uh, all happy once again 
Right. I, I, I mean, Gail Gundy been here a long time. We know that. That situation is very – is very tender, but once the season starts, and I think even a little bit before that, all I think all is going to be well. Yeah. Just win, just win, and it's it's all going to be good. Just win. Baby. Um, have you um, learned any more about Ladamian Washington, or as some people call him, LD Washington, around here? I looked at his um, his bio when he was at Mizzou. He lost both of his parents at a young age. I saw a video about that. I didn't see the video, but it. It sounds like it was a situation where he and I, I don't know how many brothers he had, but it was basically they kind of had to figure it out at a very, very young age. Very young age. The video I watched, you know, was they were just kind of documenting his rise there at Missouri and how far he had come. And, uh, you know, and he talked at, at length in that video about I think he was a psychology major and he wanted to. He wanted to learn more about why he mentally is the way that he is and had a ton of trust issues, you know, because of the, the position that he was put in and he had to work that out. And it took him a long time at Missouri, a couple of years to finally start trusting the people around him that were trust that they really did have his best interest at heart trust that they really did want to help um you know and and not take advantage of him and he he talks about whenever he finally learned that and it did trust those people around him that he really developed as not just a player but as a person and that was really, really, yeah. really interesting. I, I need to watch that he was a team captain his last year at mizzou yeah. in 2013 um, they won the SEC East that year, played for an SEC championship. He, um, he's caught a touchdown in Norman before. Do you know that? Oh, really? The game in 2011, he caught a 45-yard touchdown to put Missouri up 14-3 to on OU. Now, they eventually lost that day, 38-28, to but L.D. Washington has caught a touchdown before at uh, Owen Field. Who was covering him? Uh, I didn't look like anyone was covering him on that play. I'd love to answer your question. I'm not real sure who was. So is that why Venables right hired him on to, to fix his defense? Probably was going so crazy over there on the sideline. Let's just hire him as a wide receiver. Was coach. that the was that the touchdown that had everyone wanting Venables out of town? 27 doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel's back at that point. Um, you know, we had to uh, had to figure something out defensively. But, but in all seriousness, I mean, he's 31 years old, to which I know a lot of people looked at that and said, Ugh, I don't know, is he ready for this? If you really dig deep into his story, I, I, a little bit older than 31 years old. He's got some life experiences that most of us don't. Do you hate that narrative? No. I hate that he played in a game – which seems like yesterday at OU, and he's already 31 years old. Mm. God. Yeah, I, I love pointing things out that make you feel old. I'm going to be 50 in no time. Yeah. How no, old am I, I right now? You're, you just turned 40 in November, right? No, I'm 41. I think oh, I'm 42. yikes. Whoa. Dude, Hang wait. on a second. No, yeah. Wait a minute. I'm pretty sure no. you just turned 40. Yeah, I'll what be 41. Year, what year were you born? Oh, man. This is like... I mean, oh, my God. Are you... Okay. This is Forget like... 50. We, I mean, we can't even remember how old we are right now. But this is great. Jeez. This is like whenever I was... I think I was... Uh, I was 38 
but I thought I was 39 and was about to turn 40. And then it was like I gained a year instantly. And I had been worried about it for a long Look, time. And that happens to a lot of people. But I feel like that doesn't happen until like their 50s or 60s. Yeah. For you, it's happened in your late 30s. And again oh now. It's great. Oh, boy. I'm just I'm going backwards. It's beautiful. Yeah. Now, the text line today during Locked In was, well, can we get Malcolm Kelly here? Well, wh- what about this coach? It's like, guys, can we allow this LD Washington, can we allow him to have a year first before we try to replace him? He might actually be end up being pretty good. Uh, that was funny. Gosh. LD Washington was born at a very young age. That's great. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I feel like... Like you said, that was good by Coach Stoops, what we all needed to hear. Hopefully we can move on, get back to uh, laughing at national polls. Yeah, uh, I like this text. Can we make fun of the moron that gave Texas a first-place vote? Nick Saban is not a moron. Yeah, it, I'm telling you, it had to be Nick Saban. Had to be Nick Saban. The, it's not someone – Some. it's either Nick Saban or someone that thinks they're hilarious. Like, there's no head coach out there that obviously, realistically thinks Texas deserved a first place vote. Who, who do you do you hope do you hope it's Nick Saban or do you hope it's Lane Kiffin or someone else? Because I don't think uh, Sark voted on this. I think I heard that today. So it wasn't Sark, and I don't even think Sark would do that. I think he knows better. I think it was Leipold at Kansas, hoping that they would be able to beat the number one ranked team in the country. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the great thing about Texas, man. You can throw out so many jokes about them getting a first place vote. You know, you know, we talk about the interesting off season we've had here, but every good thing that's happened to Texas in the off season, we've been able to turn it around and make fun of them. Arch Manning, they got the number one overall player for this recruiting class, and we didn't spend it. Well, some did spend it being afraid of what their recruiting class is going to be. Most of us just pointed and laughed because we know exactly how this is going to end. Right. And now, same thing. They get a first-place vote, Teddy, and instead we all point and laugh at him and call the coach a moron. Right. Well, that's just that's, that's how it works with him. Everyone's tired of the same narrative every single year over and over and over. Um, I don't know. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I think – I think A&M being at number seven is is close to being just as ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they beat Alabama. Well, they lost to both Mississippi schools last year. Right. I feel like if you lose to both Mississippi schools, I don't care if you beat Alabama, but the best thing that you do should immediately be wiped away. Is, you, is there Who from outside the top ten in the coaches' poll has – a realistic shot of making the college football playoff. And by shot, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you can you can find the path that they're there. Now, like, okay. We know who the massive, massive favorites I, are. I don't think that they're going to be one of the top four teams in the country. But, I mean, when we're talking about making the playoff, you got to look at the schedule. I think Oregon loses week one. But I think that there's a chance that they could run the rest of the table and get in as a one-loss team. Yeah, I think Oregon, too... Um, because I do think that there's situations, man, where the committee looks at losses like, oh, yeah, you know, like, like they don't give them necessarily credit for 
for it, but I, I think there's such things as you know moral moral victories in these things. Like if, if Oregon, their first game under Dan Lanning, were to play Georgia close, and that's a close game in the fourth quarter, but they lose and win out, oh, dude, yeah, the committee will be all over them getting in the playoff. See, I would say, like the the best thing about them is is their conference. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Their schedule. Yeah, I think Wisconsin is a far superior team to Oregon. I I don't hate that, but I don't think Wisconsin has a chance because they have to play at Ohio State, at Michigan State, at Iowa, at Nebraska, and then most likely um, going to have to go through Ohio State or maybe you could say Michigan or whoever. In the Big Ten Championship. That's just, you can't make that pick with Wisconsin. There's a very slim chance that they find something amazing. And if they could get into that game, who knows what happens. A couple of of crazy turnovers or a kick return for a touchdown. Who knows? But it's just so hard to make that pick. Oregon, it's not hard to make that pick at all. You navigate that crappy schedule with one loss. And beat Utah in the end. Beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship, and you're in. Yeah. So there's only – man, you asked me outside the top 10, and I'm looking at 10 to 25. That's the thing, is there's only a couple teams in here where I could realistically say, yeah, I, I, I could see that happen. I mean, some things have to happen here for this team to make the four-team playoff, but here's a logical path to where it could happen. But from 10 to 25, it's mostly filled with – I don't see any way that this team makes the four-team playoff. I don't see any way that USC makes the four-team playoff, and I fully acknowledge that they have a crap schedule. I don't see any way that Texas makes the four-team playoff. I acknowledge they have a crap schedule. Same thing with Wake. Same thing with Arkansas. Same thing with Ole Miss. What about same NC thing State? with Houston. I think NC State, I think there's a clear drawback to them, and whether it's fair or not, it's their lack of a real identifiable brand in the sport. I think if in, I don't think all things are created equal, man. They're not going to play a very strong schedule. What they get Clemson early on in the year at Clemson at Clemson, which Tech will be a nice win, but non-con. I between a what even like an Oregon, a one-loss Oregon and a one-loss NC State. I don't think that there's a comparison no. there. I think Oregon gets in every single time, especially whenever you throw Notre Dame into the mix, right? As an independent, if they can navigate the schedule and be a one-loss team, uh, there's just almost no chance for teams like NC State to get in if, if Notre Dame's in the mix. Good point, Peyton, on the text line. I did read this article today. Stuart Mandel, of course, had his overrated, underrated in the top 25. Uh, he says OU at nine is overrated. And he goes yeah. on to say, well, I mean – I did have OU outside the top 25 at one point this offseason, so maybe I'm a bit off. A bit off, Stuart? A bit off not having OU in the top 25? Yeah, Stu, I would say that you're a bit off on that based on what the previous 22 years have looked like, which is an eternity in the sport. I, I, no offense to Stuart Mandel. No, please, throw out all the offense. Well, his opinion in matters of college football, to me, 
it could not be any more meaningless than it is. It's like he's someone random that you're that's in your fantasy football league. Yeah, that's all he is with a with a big platform, and that's fine. Like there's 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 a market for that. That's that's totally fine. But he has he has no clue what the hell he's talking about, and that's fine. Like I said, it's fine, but don't go to guys like Stuart Mandel for anything like legitimate whenever it comes to to college football. Let him be a re- he's a reporter, which you know there's some reporters out there that do really good stuff. He didn't and, really report though. I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess when I, don't I think even know of what re- reporter, like I think of going around talking to people, getting the behind the scenes feel. He just echoes what. Everyone else on Twitter says well, he didn't he, have his I own. guess he used to be, didn't he? I don't I don't know what he used to be. Maybe he used to be something a little bit better than what he is now. Yeah. Well uh, um, by the way, speaking of, you know, OU people thinking that they're overrated at number nine. I was on an Austin uh, radio show today, and they had their uh, top 25 countdown, like team number 14. And I was on hold and I was thinking, like, 14? Okay. And the tone was, as you can imagine, like, I mean, God, Tyler, I, they lost so much via the portal. Like, what? How are they going to move the ball and get a first down offensively this year? Like, what? What are, what are they going to do, man? Like, what's what's the plan to piece everything together here? What's going on? Were you laughing hysterically when they brought you in after? So they had OU at fourteen. OU at fourteen in their top twenty-five poll, and the, their their opening question was just like, I. They're going to score a touchdown, right? Is that they're going to be able to do that in game one? Well, I'm curious not to like just rehash your your hit on an Austin radio. I station. basically said that yeah, the narrative is that they lost their entire team, but like they gained a quarterback. Like look at his resume. Um, they're going to be better at the skill spots. And and one thing that I said that's not talked about at all nationally is: Do we feel good about the upgrade that they had at the strength and conditioning? Uh, spot we, we right. feel better about like I, I do think that that is a good point as to why OU is going to be not only just fine but better than they were a year ago bodies are finally changing on campus I expect them to be a better second half team on Friday when you were gone um, I looked back at the past couple of years and talked about how unacceptable OU has been in the fourth quarter they uh, got outscored by Tulane, twenty-one to three last year in the second half. Tulane right. got outscored in the second half, twenty-one to three. Fourteen to ten in the fourth quarter against Kansas State. They got outscored by Baylor, twenty to seven in the second half last year. Iowa State got outscored fourteen to seven in the fourth quarter. Twenty twenty was worse. Oklahoma State, thirteen to nine in the second half last year. Uh, yeah, Kansas State they blew two twenty-one point leads. Iowa State they blew a ten-point lead. Names. Iowa State again in the Big Twelve championship game that game should have been put away they had a drive to win it so the past two years I don't think it's a coincidence man right um I I don't think that they were the better in shape football team this time around I think that they will and surely that's going to breed better results in the second half so I do think that that is a a a point as to why OU will be just fine and even better this year why didn't you but no one wants to hear that why didn't you just say They'll be better at every single position. And then group. just hang up. That would have been awesome. Just be like, well, yeah, they lost guys, but they'll be better at every single position group than they were a year ago. And then, uh, of course, I talked about, well, God, 
guys, on defense, if they can just tackle better, if that's all they do better, and, of course, they had to interject with, we know that around here. We know that around here. Yeah, that's right. You do know that around there. Yet, where do they – well, I don't know. Maybe they were realistic about where they had Texas in the countdown. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 651-3439. Your statewide home for Sooner fans is the Ref Sports Radio Network. 1400 AM and 99.3 FM in Norman. 94.7 FM in The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studios to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We go. If you want to interact, you can. Text us 405-651-3439. This text says, is there even a small chance that both OU and Texas would be interested in making a lot more money in the Big Ten? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Who make more money? OU and Texas. Possibly. I mean, the Big Ten's uh, money deal is going to be massive, but they're not a fit in the Big Ten. So while it's an interesting question, it remains irrelevant. Bear Felica and Stewart use the same dispensary, says Jim in Arlington. Nice. Bear Felica has the under on OU and nine and a half wins, just in case you were wondering. I'm sure you're really, uh, you know, really worried about that one. Right. Well, I hope he put this year's salary on it. Kendall says, did you guys see the tweet where Gundy has been hired at a high school in Alabama? Yeah, and I'm glad that didn't get a whole lot of play, but that's – no, he didn't get hired in a high school in Alabama. Why would that? It's just so, and that's, it's, I don't know, it's just annoying. It's like social media now. I'm going to make up this tweet and see if I can get a lot of interaction on it. So what happens when you do get a lot of interaction on a, on a tweet that is a blatant lie? Uh, you pick up a few new followers. Some people call you a moron. and People then... follow you for tweeting out something oh, that's yeah. totally I'm, I'm sure. fake? I'm sure, yeah. Who, Tweet out something fake and see if you get any more new followers. Who would follow someone that does that? How many people do you follow on Twitter? Um, I follow quite a bit, actually, more than the normal person. Uh, Are you still with the hundred? No, 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 no. I don't. That's Toby. I never got down there. I follow two hundred ninety-seven people, which that's probably way 290 too many. Two hundred ninety-two many. Yeah. How many of those are uh, Alex Jones? conspiracy accounts well i i follow alex jones all the people that do his show his show's main account uh like those probably 25 (laughs) probably 25 of those are alex jones related yeah he is uh boy he's in hot water which that meme of 45 million that meme of him like looking looking back god it's so funny that's so good i i can't get enough of that one oh that's great that's hilarious i i saw this article um, Dennis Dodd, Caleb Williams ready to face pressure head on as USC attempts to engineer an historic one-year turnaround. There was a quote in here that was uh, that was fantastic about Lincoln Riley. Or it was from this is Lincoln Riley's quote: 
I don't know what a honeymoon looks like. I didn't get one at the first place, and I don't expect to have one here. Oh, my God. He didn't get a honeymoon here? Whoa. Nuh-uh. No, that's that's fake. That was like that was like a, a, a Twitter account. Tattoo Baker made that up or something. No way. No way he said that. That's a real quote? If, if it's made up, it's made up by Dennis Dodd. He didn't get CBS. a honeymoon here? Oh, my. Dude, you got the longest honeymoon of any head coach at a power school that we probably have ever seen before. Wow. That Here, is amazing. Here's another um <laughs> Here's another quote that I thought was interesting. This one was from uh Caleb Williams. The deciding factor for me and this is talking about uh transferring and where he was going to go. The deciding factor for me actually was how familiar I was with all the people coming here. Coaching staff, nutritionists, everybody knows Coach Riley. I thought it was all about development for the NFL. Yeah, the story has changed, huh? Hmm. I thought that the was the story has had to change because he really left for NIL, and I guess they're not getting it out there, according to Jordan Addison. What's the latest on the Addison situation and the I, uh, okay. Malachi? I'm, I'm sorry. I just I am so distracted by I didn't get a honeymoon at the last place. <laughs> And, 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 like, he called OU the last place, by the way. I mean, he, he couldn't have called it, like, Oklahoma or OU or anything. But that is, oh, my gosh. I, um, we may need to do, like, a top three. I don't want to waste my time, but, like, a, a ranking of the unbelievable things that he said this offseason. That's right there with, I had the third or fourth best roster at best in the college football playoff of basically blaming this job for not being able to bring in top talent. Oh, man. Right. Well, that's that's the quote. And that's a great point by the text line. Like He left before the honeymoon was over. The honeymoon was effectively over in Stillwater when they lost that game, but he didn't really have to face the noise for it. Wow. I am floored at that comment. Yeah, I, I as oh. soon as I read it, I was like, Tyler's gonna love that. Oh, he he does love that. He's gonna love Woo. that. I'm, okay, come on. I know that you try to stay somewhat neutral on this, and you don't call him a moron as much as I and Steely and some others do. But come on, dude. Even you have to admit that that is a stupid a thing to say. Lincoln Riley. Now, whether you want to call it a honeymoon or not, you can call it whatever you want. He was treated with with very delicate gloves around here by the media. And, you know, rightfully so for the most part. Like there was there was good results. Like if if it if it wasn't for what was kind of brewing underneath the results had been good, been good enough to really keep everyone at bay. But after last season, like during last season, it was coming. You had you had discipline issues with the football team. You had a lot of the same mistakes showing up in in games that you lost or uh, almost lost to opponents that were that should have been far inferior. Like there was a lot of things that were finally. He was finally about to be held to task for some of those, and he bounced. So. God, that is, I can't, how is that not getting more play? Is it? And I'm just totally missing it? I, don't, I think the article Woo! just came out. 
Does he go to Dennis Dodd for every single article that he wants to put out, by the way? That's like his that's like his dude. Yeah. Calls Dennis like, hey man, I I, I need to say something here. I, I I need to vent my frustration that I didn't get a honeymoon at OU. Or let's just call it the other place, actually. The last place. What a <laughs> punk lo- he's a loser, man. You don't come to USC and you don't come to Los Angeles to do things small, Riley added. You got to set your sights big. Glad he's out of here. (laughs) Needless to say. Uh, What a clown. I I am interested to to hear what the excuse is going to be at USC when it it doesn't happen. Because it ain't going to happen. I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen. He's just, you know... He wasn't able to get the the talent. Well, no, it's going to be – I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's I've, you know, always wanted to be a head coach in the NFL, and it was time for me to realize that dream. It's just always been a draw to me, going back to the other place where I never got a honeymoon. Can you use the decision is best for me and my family again? Oh, I'm probably. The decision was – Can you only use that once, or can you do that multiple times? The decision was best for me and my family to leave the traffic in L.A. for the traffic in Dallas. If we wanted to be able to have nightly bonfires with $100 bills, I had to, we had to make this move. It was best for me and my family. Uh, I can't believe you told me that. That's going to mess me up for the rest of the day. Well, hey, here's the thing. And I will, I will give you some credit for this, but the reason you get credit is because you were so bad before. You actually did, last season – Start to question some play-calling decisions. <laughs> the the post-game show of the OSU game? Is that what you're giving me credit for? Uh, I got to be careful here before I accept this full credit from you. I think it was a, I think it was a couple of I think it was a couple of times talking about uh, play-calling, some decision-making, some the way some different things unfolded. Yeah, you you were. You were one of you were hosting the honeymoon, like you were catering the event until last season. Yeah, I ditched. Um, yeah, hey, it's, it's, you're gonna have to excuse me for not being cool with him punting on fourth and eight against Kansas State, down a touchdown with no timeouts <laughs> left late in the game <laughs> in 2020. Well, hey, you know I'm what? S- not sure I've s- recovered from that one. Ah. Uh, there's someone calling for a Jim Morris soundbite. God, I love that. <laughs> uh, we got to hit a timeout, though. We've got things uh, that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McCobus, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, first of all, just a quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate, runs the business over there. Do an outstanding job. Can handle any of your roofing needs. Now, this is a pretty cool video that's making the rounds on social uh, media. Media. Video on social media. Little League World Series going on right now. Uh, Oklahoma team is up there. I think they're from Tulsa area. Well, this kid gets drilled in the head. Have you seen this? Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, I, I, I miss, <laughs> I misread the word comforted and I thought that he was approaching the mound for a different reason. So it surprised me a little bit. Uh, okay. Well, uh, 
he gets hit in the head. I guess the pitcher was in a in a rough spot. Uh, that hitting the batter got the bases loaded. Um, obviously, was upset about hitting the kid in the head. And in a nice show of sportsmanship, as the pitcher was crying on the mound, really beat up about what was going on. He went out there, consoled him, comforted him on the mound. It was really a, a pretty cool gesture there. Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool. No, it's it's cool. Um, it's what Oklahomans do. Oklahoma uh, kids are just different. A team from New Jersey, the kid probably stabs the pitcher instead. But good on the Oklahoma kid. Uh, okay. It was good on the Oklahoma kid, but you still hit the first batter of the next inning, right? Yeah. Just to set the tone. Yeah, well, you're playing a team from Texas, so right. I think that goes without saying. Just to set the tone, you still got to throw at the next kid uh, in the next inning. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Driving under the influence, arrest in Las Vegas. Um, not a good place for athletes to hang out. No, it's it's, it's really it's, not. It's showing that, right? It is. Um, which Marshawn Lynch, one of your old buddies, what did he say to you when he had your T-shirt ready in his locker in Buffalo? Uh, well, what what I said to him, I was like, let me get one here. I got you, big dog. Uh, <laughs> I told him, so he was he was in trouble up there. He had <laughs> he had, I guess, either was in a parking lot or outside of a club, hit a girl with his car, and so he was in trouble at the time. And I think his license maybe was suspended or whatever. But um, he was. <laughs> I was like, when are we going to go out in Toronto? And he's like, I got you. Let's, let's go. But you, you he know, did some funny things up there, man. Yeah, he, he got drafted by Buffalo, right? Yeah, he got drafted by Buffalo yes. because when he got drafted by Buffalo and he played at Cal, and I think he may have been a California kid, he thought Buffalo was like New York City. So he expected to be in like New York City, like a type of like, area. When he got drafted by the Buffalo Bills, he stepped off the plane and he quickly found out that, yeah, no. Buffalo is not the big city. You're not even in Buffalo, buddy. You're in Orchard Park, which is uh, even even uh, smaller. But uh, he was he was he's a wild dude. But I knew the first day I was there at practice watching him run with the football, I was like, now that yep. dude is legit. Um, Cam Smith, current. Number two golfer in the world. It is official. He's going to the Live Golf Tour. $100 million deal. They're dropping like flies well, I don't, out of the PGA. I don't know how there's not more. If someone's offered me $100 million, see ya. Yeah, not only am I going there, I'll walk. I'll swim there from here. Where's the next, uh, the next tournament? Um, all in all, pretty pretty crazy of how many guys are are headed to the live golf tour last thing i have is did you see the Ann hesh crash uh no i did not like she crashed into a house they say that like some people suspect that maybe she was drunk like that she had been drinking it's normally a pretty good bet crashed into a house car caught on fire she's currently in a coma there's like video of like them pulling her out of the car with a a helicopter over the top. Pretty wild scene, but 
currently in a coma. Hopefully she's okay. I got a few. First, uh, 25 days to kick off. Former OU great Tommy McDonald wore number 25. Um, In 1959, Tommy McDonald was the only player to not wear a face mask in the NFL. Everyone else was wearing a face mask in the NFL in 1959. Tommy McDonald did not. He was asked about it in an interview after that, and he said, quote, face masks are for wusses. And yeah. in 1960, the NFL passed the Tommy McDonald rule requiring face masks for all players. So as like, whatever, I don't want to do this, he wore the single bar face mask that kickers would wear. Awesome. And he's out there as a skilled player running around, catching the ball and running and everything else. Was also tough, robbed of the Heisman Trophy. Yes, he was. Um, I'm trying. Gordy Howe. The hockey player, like played till he was like fifty something years old. Everyone else is out there in the, like their hockey helmets and everything with their shields and all that. No helmet, skating around at like fifty years old. Pretty awesome. This is probably the most significant story that we are going to bring up during this segment. I'll be the judge of that. Chick Fil A is now testing wings in its quest to become the best restaurant on the planet. Chick Fil A. They are trying it out in stores. I think they are, it's soon to come to Atlanta stores. They are testing out bone-in wings. He is shaking his head right now in disbelief. He cannot believe that Chick-fil-A is trying out chicken wings now, even though he will fall in love with them. No, but explain it to me. You have already perhaps the greatest business model ever. You make like three items on your entire menu. And you push it out like crazy. It's fast. Everyone knows what they're getting. It's easy to recreate everywhere you go. Wings, are you're not going to get anyone else to go to Chick-fil-A because you have you say some that, crappy wings. They could be amazing. I'm sure they are going to be amazing. And they've got the dipping sauces already, man. Actually, there's, there's their sauces. are. I, I don't know how the chicken wing is going to... Go in with the uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Maybe it's going to be awesome, but I don't know. I don't see that those two match it up all that well. I I fully believe this is a stupid move. They need a better ranch packet if they're going to go all in on the uh, Chick-fil-A chicken wings. They should make fake wings. Just do the nugget and, like, insert, like, plastic bones. You know, it's not even real bones, but you can can treat your nugget like it's a wing. So you're not going to try it? You're going to try it. I'll try it. And they're probably going to be fine but they're not gonna it's not gonna be a place i go to for wings i'll remember that no I'll, i'm gonna remember that comment when you come in here on a tuesday afternoon in october and you've got 12 wings sitting next to you because i guarantee you it's gonna happen last if, one if you can answer this question then i'll accept it as a good idea how in the hell can you serve chicken wings at a place where you don't serve beer <laughs> Well, I don't even think beer is allowed on the premises. They'll kick you out of that place. Right. How is that possible? Yeah, good point. Uh, College football's most hated teams of all time. 24-7 sports says the list goes like this. Number 10 is A&M in 2012 with Johnny Menzel. Okay. Uh, UCF in 2017 is at number 9 after they claimed the national championship that they didn't win. Ohio State in 2002 is at number 8. I highly disagree with that. Everyone was rooting for Ohio State to beat Miami in 02. 
That one's wrong. Huh, interesting. Number seven is OU in 2017 with Baker Mayfield. All right, quarterback. yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was the lightning rod. Number six is Notre Dame in 1993. Mm, uh, no one remembers that okay. year. Okay. Number five is Florida in 96, the year they won the title. Yeah. Bob Stoops was uh, D.C. on that staff. Okay. Number four, Auburn in 2010 with Cam Newton. After everything that came out about Cam, I don't know if they're number four, but they're pretty hated. I don't remember that, but I'll take everyone's word for it. Number three is Florida State in 2014, the year after they won and when Jameis really started <laughs> acting like a clown. Yeah, yeah. that Yes. Number two is USC in 2005, the year they lost to Texas, and we're going for the three-piece. I can get – I know the – Number one. What? What's number one? The 2022 Sooners without Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Most hated team Close. in college football history. That was 1A. Haven't even played the season one yet. 1B was uh, Miami in 1986 when they had Michael Irvin and they were at the, at the height of their, uh, their heyday in yeah. the 80s there. Well. That's good stuff. Is 2017 OU the most uh, hated OU team of all time? I don't know. I think no there's some way. teams in the 80s that were yeah. a little bit more disliked. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Real, real quick, we'll run through the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Gunny says, I think Teddy got you with the no brews and wings. Uh, Seems this, pointless. This one says, how can you serve wings and not be open on Sunday? Also another fair point. Yeah, right. Where are you going to go? Wings and NFL football go hand in hand. Or at least they should. Right. Can you repeat the mule shoe comment? Missed it. Yeah, What what was it again? Uh, it was, um, I don't have it in front of me anymore, but it was, I, I don't expect to have a honeymoon. I didn't have one at the last place either. Something like that. The dumbest thing. I don't know what a honeymoon is. I didn't have one at the last place and don't expect to have one here or something like that. uh, Riley is a media personality that coaches football. What a clown. This one says USC is close. I'd like to give Lincoln my therapist's number. <laughs> Maybe he was talking about his wife. Right. Well, I, you know, that's just kind of – that's like, I guess, trying to put some self-imposed pressure out there. I mean, there's there's obviously there's a ton of pressure that comes with with being a head coach at big-time Division One football programs. There's no doubt about that. So – yeah, I don't know. Like he he had a a very easy run of it as far as media questioning him here at Oklahoma. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. The final hour is next.